Fall is here, there's a chill in the air, and the Anomaly Film Festival is right around the corner. It's November 8th through the 12th at the Little Theater in Rochester, New York. Check it out at AnomalyFilmFest.com. It's the fifth year of showing the best in independent genre films, action, sci-fi, horror, dark comedy, and really whatever else that you wouldn't get a chance to see on the big screen. It's Anomaly Film Fest at the Little Theater, November 8th through 12th, AnomalyFilmFest.com. Welcome back to another episode of We Need to Talk About the Oscars 2023 edition. The podcast, this is our podcast where three friends, three movie nerds, and three movie podcasters break down the 95th Academy Awards category by category, talking about the nominees, who we liked, maybe who we didn't, who missed, and all that other good stuff. So hope you guys don't mind that I just labeled us as movie nerds like I'm totally comfortable with the nerd label, but feel free to cast that if uh, you are not as nerd proud as I am. But uh, with me, my fellow movie fans, maybe movie nerds, here first, uh, as always, the wonderful and talented Jackie McGriff. Hi, thanks for having me, as always, uh, ready to talk about Best Director tonight. Yes, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and Jason and my friend, Jason Bills. Hello, I'm glad to be here. Uh, Mike, uh, we actually have video as we talk to each other and uh, just relax your triangle of sadness there. I want you to just be relaxed. <laughs> just, just, just keep, just, just relax. That's all I'm saying. Jason, yes, I'm so yeah. disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> well, as Jackie previewed, we are tonight breaking down the best directors. So a lot to talk about this week. Before we talk about that, I'm just interested and, you know, because we love the Oscars, but also other things just over the past week or since we talked last, uh, what have you guys been watching? Anything, anything notable aside from like the movies we're going to talk about tonight that you're like, I saw this. I really want to throw out some thoughts or, you know, anything like that. Anything we should be watching. Um, personally, um, I've sort of been playing catch up, so I've mostly focused on these categories or this category director specifically. So I, I haven't got much other than that. How about you, Jackie? Um, no, I, I've been going around Netflix and Netflix, by the way, with all of the, with all the shade that's going towards Netflix, absolutely <laughs> 100% deserves it. Right. Um, mm -hmm. because they've been doing some shady stuff. Um, but um they have been really just quick and amazing like with these documentaries that are coming out yeah so one in particular and it's about this fire um this this uh it starts off as a forest fire and it quickly just becomes this huge wildfire um in paradise i think it's called fire in paradise Netflix, and oh my god like i was like on the edge of my seat really like, like I, because I didn't know this story. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't know that. But there was nothing I don't either. about like, I, and it may have been in passing that I heard about. It, but I'm, it nothing in the story like rang any bells. And for like a fire to have spread that quickly, and people are like talking about like, you know, driving down the street and like fire in front of them, fire behind them, fire on the sides. Like that's it's it was wow. Um, and like these people are talking about their very real experiences and it's just nuts and like that i think it's like wow 
I don't even know if it's like 40, 45 minutes to an hour. It's not that yeah, long. 40 minutes. Yeah. Yep. Just it's, added it to my watch list. Yeah. Same here. Uh, Same here. Yeah. So nice. If you need documentaries to watch, I'm here. <laughs> Excellent. That's good. I love Netflix documentaries. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. Excellent. Um, yeah, I've been similar, I think, with well, all of us like trying to catch up on the Oscar nominees. I was happy that I saw a couple movies that did not got not did not get nominated are definitely going to be in our snub categories, including one, Jackie, that you mentioned in our best supporting uh discussion. Uh first I saw Woman King, which nice again. I we'll be talking, we'll be doing the best actor and actress award, and I already have the rage for how Viola Davis <laughs> and it's fantastic and incredible. Um, you know, the, a lot of thoughts. I will save thoughts on that for when we get into that discussion. Uh but that was great. If you haven't seen Woman King, don't make the mistake I did. Get out and see it. And I believe it's coming to Netflix uh in February. So maybe yeah. by the time you hear this, yeah. it'll be yeah. available. Um, the yeah. other one I saw was Devotion. <gasps> and I <laughs> might hot take argue that it is the better fighter pilot movie of 2022. Whoa. Um, fighter pilot Bold movie statements. starring Glenn Powell. Bring all the smoke, Mike. Bring it all. <laughs> so I'm I, ready. For, I, for one, am, I, I love uh, the like classic World War II, or this is Korea, but their World War II era fighter planes i love that like the prop planes i thought it was shot beautifully like uh, again when we get to well technical and best picture yes. we'll talk about top gun maverick and i like that movie i you know i'm in general i love fighter planes so it's super cool but it's we don't get to see that those classic planes so that was really cool and i mean the story itself was fantastic jack you're right uh jonathan majors is freaking incredible um, oh, so good. I'm guessing the scene that you were talking about, is it the mirror scene? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That's <laughs> holy cow. But it's so good. You know, and there's so much good stuff in that movie. Oh man, I I loved that movie a lot. So I was really happy to see it. In fact, I was just talking with a friend yesterday who's like, oh yeah, I saw it. It looked like kind of your typical military movie. And I'm like, well, it's got, you know, the the stuff that, you know, some of the, like, yeah. this is what you yeah. expect out of a war movie. Right. um but it's i was really good i really liked it so and again it just it was shot beautifully it's again it, it to me visually in mm-hmm. terms of like watching all the shots of like of the planes and like yeah. doing all these cool maneuvers and stuff yeah. and like in the hills and stuff to me was just as gorgeous as top gun was but it's cool that it, these aren't the types of planes we get to see often yeah. so I thought it, it was, was really cool. I really also liked the it. pacing. Yeah, I yes. but like the pacing is different from like your typical war yeah. story. Kind of like I, it did for me like the same thing as, as far as the pacing goes um, that Dunkirk did for me. Like this is yeah. like oh really wow. Of course, like a like a portion, like a portion of. I mean, it was a shorter movie, but like <laughs> the portion <laughs> of like a the world like is very familiar. I didn't grow up knowing about Dunkirk. Yeah. But of course, I didn't really grow up knowing about the Korean War. It's like we don't spend yeah. time on these stories, and then yeah. I knew even less uh, about this fighter pilot. So, um, like the the pacing is not, and I watch a lot of war stories. So, like the pacing for me wasn't the normal like that yeah. we usually get. Um, and they're usually pretty long like movies. So, 
right. I found that interesting. And that's what that's why that's the only comparison I'm making to Dunkirk. I'm not saying it. Yeah, yeah. Now I will say it, the one thing I liked about the pacing in Dunkirk is that was the one right where they had three different timelines yeah. going on at the same right. time. Yeah, so that was pretty interesting. I liked that. Like, yeah, Nolan's uh, obsession right. with playing with it, time. Oh my god! Right, because yeah. another movie that I <laughs> I watched over the weekend, other war movie that I guess I compare it to, that we'll definitely talk about because it was nominated for a million things, is uh, All Quiet on but, the Western Front. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it's another one. It's two and a half hours long. Of course, and, like all these movies are. Yes, and it, it like I would watch. I'd rather watch that though. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it, it was good. I we'll yeah. get into it and talk about it. It was ugh, man, it it's not a cheery one. You aren't gonna come away from that one feeling You're, good. They they never. That's the trick that I play on my all the time. Is like I go into a war story and I don't know why, but I'm like, this is gonna be great. This is gonna be like I don't know why I'm thinking happy go lucky. It never is. It's a war story. Right. Like I don't understand right. what in my head is like. Oh yeah, this is gonna be like. I don't know, inspiring, uplifting. No, no, it's not because it's, it's, it's about war and war. So yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't generally get happy movies. No. No. Yeah. Jack, you mentioned devotion last week when we were doing our supporting categories and uh, Mike did the right thing. He heard his fellow podcaster friend give him this information and he went and watched it. I did not do that. And now I have to work through the guilt of that, especially (laughs) because you're comparing it to Dunkirk because like the marketing, like you said, Mike, yeah. yeah, is is very like your dad's war movie. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like right. this is just exciting to hear it. But I think we talked about it last week. But I'm such a Jonathan Majors person. I like Glenn Powell. Yes. I, I got to watch this as soon as possible. So yeah, he they were both great. They were both fantastic in it. And yeah, the the marketing for that movie was was crap. They did nothing to like. No, yeah, no, it definitely like did nothing for me. So that's why it was in the movie theaters for like a week. Right, right, mm-hmm. the right. Same as like not a war story, but like the the harder they fall. It was in right. theaters for like a week, and then it went to Netflix because I think it was originally a Netflix. The harder they fall was not devotion, but oh my yeah, god, yeah. I love that movie so much. The harder they fall, so good. Yes, but yeah, and and uh, devotions on Paramount Plus now, so people got to check it out. Yep, yeah. yep, exactly, exactly. So I'm sure it'll come up again. Uh, lots of great performances in that one. So. Uh, tonight, our category is Best Director, and I guess we probably don't need a an introduction to this category because uh, it's the director. This is the, you know, the guy that runs the guy. Well, unfortunately, the guy, guy yeah. Uh-huh. Preview, right. it's exactly. all guys yeah. Uh, yeah. that runs the show. Uh, just as we like to look back on last year and remember who won, offer any thoughts on last year. Uh, last year was not a guy. Last year was a two-year two year in a row streak of women, uh, female, mm-hmm. uh, directors winning last year. It was Jane Campion Campion yeah. for mm-hmm. power Campion. of the dog. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about what are you, did you like that win? Was that kind of who you were rooting for? If you recall way back to 2022. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think Jackie? Oh, I, I, <laughs> Let it she, out, let it out. It was not so much of like, uh, I don't know. I feel like what were the what were the other what were the other nominations? Please just jog my memory. So the other nominees were Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Yeah. yeah. Uh oh yeah. man, and I am going to say this wrong. Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. Okay. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, 
mm-hmm. and someone we're going to talk about tonight, Steven Spielberg for wow, West Side every Story. Year <laughs> every year we go. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> not to say because seriously, Steven Spielberg, who didn't grow up. Like, right, of course. Yes. Yeah, I'm. It, there will be, yes. I'm sure, much discussion tonight about. Right. Old so TV. next, and I and I think that's how I felt last year was like, like I wasn't excited about <laughs> about best director, even though we were getting like, like women in the category. I was like, yes, but right. also, like I <laughs> like I didn't really feel any type of way about. Like I, I liked the power of the dog, but again, I was just like. As far as direction, I, yeah, I just kind of felt meh, like uh, about it, you know. I don't know, mm-hmm. didn't really notice anything. So, like for me, I don't know. I don't know who I would have chosen. I really, I really enjoyed Belfast. I think people crap on Kenneth Branagh way too much, like for his. They do, and especially, and I just wanted to address all the Marvel bros. Um, <laughs> is still the best out of all of the Thor movies, and but. When it first came out, we're all ready to crap on Kenneth Branagh when Mr. Shakespeare himself, that's Kenneth Branagh, like was saying like this is how he built the movie was about was was supposed to like align with like Shakespearean themes and stuff like that. Like right. Kenneth is is an amazing person, but and, and an amazing like director, at least I think so. So and that could be a whole other podcast in itself. Yeah, um, we should that's what we'll do next is we'll do prior year Oscar chat. <laughs> I'm so ready. Well, you know, we'll but, keep yeah. this like, you know, this is our 2023 season. So then we'll yeah. be able to, you know, we'll just continue this every year in the future. And well, we got to do past years, though. We got we, we can't leave. <laughs> we we got to go back. We got to go back. Oh, no, yeah. this is it. This is it. We only have so many hours in our lives, Jason. This is your time to look back. <laughs> I'm such a big. Uh, I know we were talking about this year's Oscars, but I'm a huge yeah. Jane uh, Campion person, or, or oh, yeah. I think that's how I pronounce it. But um, like the movie she did, like The Piano, was a huge deal for me. And I, I think she was nominated that year too again. It was like 20 years ago. And she did this mm-hmm. movie with uh, Kate Winslet called Holy Smoke. And the movie that mm-hmm. um, ended Meg Ryan's career in the cut is actually really good now. Um, well, it was good then, but like I think yeah. people are coming around to that. Anyways, I uh, so I almost felt like it was. You know, I hate to say this, but like almost like maybe you should have won it for the piano. Like it felt like a mm, career yeah. kind of thing. Cause I, yeah. I mean, I hope she continues to work, but like Top of the Lake, that TV show she did was oh, amazing. That is, so that's long been mm, on my two watch oh, list. You got to get to it. Like, yeah, she, she's just yeah. so good. But again, I'm with you. I wasn't blown away by Power of the Dog um, in terms of direction. Mm. So yeah, I, I feel that. But uh, hearing the other people in the category, maybe she did deserve it because I'm not like really blown away but I, yeah. I i will say belfast i'm actually kind of a, a kenneth Branagh uh naysayer uh but i was really impressed with belfast like that that was that was surprisingly uh great for me yeah yeah i'm for me yeah. like one putting our our biases on the table like coming from an irish catholic family uh you know ireland movies always speak to me it'll definitely come up because with banshees and then mm-hmm. even in the uh well international film is, is that's what they redubbed it this year right uh category yeah. there's an irish film in that too so so i get suckered by those um i love all the irish movies especially things that touch on the trouble because growing up in 80 in the 80s the troubles was such a big thing that i think all irish family felt really connected to 
And I really <laughs> thought it was interesting, one, that this movie was told from a Protestant side. So used from my own background, I'm like, I'm used to hearing the Catholic stories. And so it was kind of different. But I really loved like uh, how he, uh, it was just a good movie. And I could go on yeah. and on and we don't need yeah. to talk. I think we all, I really enjoyed that movie. So I liked him. I think yeah. my pick was Hamaguchi because I really surprisingly, because it was 30 minutes or three hours and we didn't <laughs> even get opening credits until 45 into the minutes into the movie. I really loved Hamaguchi's uh, or Hamaguchi for drive my car. I loved that movie. Um, it's, but again, like kind of how Banshees is this year for me, like these movies that are really almost more like a play. I mean, that drive mm-hmm. my car is literally about a play, but those things were rich really about like these deep inner emotions with characters trying to come to terms with that. I really dig that stuff. And mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting how he, I, so I really enjoyed that movie. And again, that it was three hours. That was like, I will not sit through this thing. Um, but I really liked it. So that was kind of, and I just love seeing, uh, you know, not our big name American directors win stuff because I want people, I want to encourage people to see international films. Yes. So that was, uh, you know, one either of those was good. I mean, I usually am a big Paul Thomas Anderson fan. I Licorice Pizza was kind of a mess. Um, you know, other than that, I kind of wish that uh, that uh, Joel Cohen had been nominated for Tragedy of Macbeth. Because I thought that was freaking awesome. Oh my god! And I loved the way that was filmed. I I'm an English major, so I'm a Shakespeare nerd, and I I'm also a huge Cohen Brothers fan. So this was like a wild trip, and Denzel was amazing. I, we're gonna talk yes. about how he got robbed, in my opinion. Even though, man, last year's Best Actor was a really maybe we do need to do another podcast because here's. There was good stuff, but Jane Jane did really good. It was, a, I think, a really challenging film, Power of the Dog. And yeah. like it was something that I had to think about for a while. Uh, was expertly told. And to me, like, that falls bigly. That's not a word. Oh, on the my director. God. Mike, no. <laughs> All right, I'm stopping. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's fast forward back to our current year. I'm done. Um, unless anybody has final thoughts before I know let's roll. All right. We're hitting the pedal. We're back to 2023. So this year, the 95th Academy Awards, we have five nominees and they are all men. So, uh, I'm sure Mm. we'll talk about that a bit, but our nominees this year are first Martin McDonough for Banshees of Inisherin. This is his seventh nomination. And I didn't know this. He actually has one win prior to this for a live action short. Uh, six shooter, which I haven't seen, but it's kind of cool to see an actor or a director that did a short and now is doing features. And anyway, so yeah, seven nominations. Oh, also, uh, as we are going to see the theme here, uh, in our la- in the supporting actor and actress roles, nearly everybody except for I think like one in each category, all those actors were actors and actresses were first time nominees. Uh, this is not the case with directors, we have a lot of experience here. Um, uh, previously, all right, so next, moving on, so Martin McDonough with Banshees, uh, we then have who I guess were previously known as the Daniels, but specifically Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner, oh, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, for the fantastic Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, this is their, this is their first nomination, um, 
And they're compared to some of the other people here, newer on the scene, but they have uh, a movie that Jason yelled at me for not having seen, Swiss Army Man. So yes, that'll be on my watch list it. soon. Yes. I was excited to see they directed a Joy Wave video, our own Rochester's own Joy Wave. So very cool. And clearly they have other stuff I need to see. Um, then we have a guy who's getting his first nomination ever, Steven Spielberg. Oh, wait, sorry. I mean, <laughs> 20... Well, including you, you all had me in the first half. Year, his twenty-second um, nomination. Um, I think Jason, I was telling you this before. I think what is it? Seven Best Picture nominations, like nine yes. Best Director nominations. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, for the and we'll talk about this more. But it, Steven Spielberg really needs no introduction. And for most right. of us, I think that grew up in the eighties and nineties, when we think Hollywood, we're probably thinking of a Spielberg film. So, again, no surprise that he's on this list. Uh, Next coming up is Todd Field for Tar. This is his sixth nomination. And I just want, it's amazing to me, Todd Field has only made three feature films. All of them have had at least one Academy Award nomination. So, pretty good streak there. I guess he's uh, he's batting a thousand right now. And our final nominee is... Ruben Ostland for Triangle of Sadness. And this is his third nomination. Or he has three nominations, two for Triangle of Sadness. And he had one previously for The Square, which was a uh, best international film. So uh, again, four guys. Well, five technically because the Daniels are two guys. Uh, so six. Yeah. Six. Can I count? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, great. All right. So I've blundered through that. <laughs> I'm enough. the mathematician on the show, so I just wanted to check it. <laughs> All right. So, friends, let's talk about these nominees, these movies, these directors. What do you think? Jackie, you go. You got you got something to say, I can tell. Uh, when do I not have something to say, uh, Jake? <laughs> when, when do I not? Um... Okay, in this category, okay, I really, I really loved, okay, everything, everywhere, all at once, all right, that I think is the clear choice here, because for as insane as that movie is, you can really, if there's a strong, this is a strong sense of direction, they knew exactly what they wanted to do, everything that was like, in the beginning, you know, like, comes come to a close at the end like because some some of these movies you're like what were you thinking where were you going with this stick mm-hmm. a bunch of like scenes together and like think and call it like oscar you know um worthy or whatever um no but like there's there's so many different moving literally pieces to this and i was just like no that is this this is a brilliant film the daniels definitely deserve um the, the accolades for this so that is my my clear decision the one that doesn't um belong on here um is <laughs> <laughs> triangle of sadness i want my two and a half hours back i want them back. um i get that it's satire i understand the messaging however mm-hmm. the execution awful um and i could go into a 45 minute uh ted talk about this but i won't because you guys would like to eventually go to sleep and stop hearing, stop hearing I would I would like uh, some type of a bridge version of that though. I'm very interested in what you're. Yeah, um, that was my bridge version. <laughs> um, because I'm like seriously okay. So as 
Mr. Filmmaker in, 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 in the Zoom room here. Okay. Um, there is a better way to execute. Um, so the, the, the themes of this, um, there, there's so many different things to this, but it's essentially talking about classism and it's talking about, um, you know, the idea that, you know, you're working on the, like the, you're standing on the backs of, of those who are, you deem, or our society deems is lower than you, right? So, so I get that. Um, but at the same time, the way that it's executed, like it's just, it's drawn out. There are things in there that don't make sense just as far as like um, any sort of like character development, any sort of, um, like, I'm, like I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with each of these characters. It's not until like the last third of the movie that you're like, I think that could have just been the entire movie. Like right there, I yeah. needed all these other sequences. I, I'm like, what is what is the? I, I, like I found myself saying like every maybe like 15 to 20 minutes, like what is the point of this? This also didn't need to be two and a half hours long. So like understanding all of that, right? Like understanding all of that as a director, even when you're doing satire, sat, wow, satire, satire <laughs> I am right now. Um, I think a movie that did this far better then um or like did this sort of theme far better than this was actually the menu um but if i mm -hmm. had, yeah very yeah. similar movies yeah uh, i'm sorry go ahead mike i was so i was discussing this with jason and another friend of friend of ours when we were talking about the menu that mm -hmm. i said that to me uh the triangle of sadness sits in like what it's going for between glass onion and the menu and that like they're both kind of lamp all of them are kind of lampooning similar things mm -hmm. um mm. so yeah i i see the connection there and it's tough but take uh, take that one out put in jordan peele or gina prince bythewood the woman king or nope mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying that'd be a lot more interesting far better far yep. better direction you can yeah if, it feels like every yeah, every year they they have at least lately um, they want like one kind of token foreign director. Uh, you know, think of like you know Guillermo del Toro or um, yeah. his his cohorts like um, Alfonso Cuarón or um, yeah. is it Alexander. He's nominated his films nominated for uh, best oh, uh, cinematography. Thank you so much. I'm probably yeah, so, thank you. So I, I feel like it almost adds <laughs> oh, some. I can't weird... wait to discuss that movie. Have you yeah, seen that one yet, some... Bardo? Uh, getting there. Netflix is, is helping you through it. Yeah, it will be interesting it, to discuss. Is it pretentious as hell? Because that's what it's giving. And but I, I feel like it almost adds street credit to this category. Like it's the Oscars saying, "Hey, yeah, yeah we've, we were doing foreign films. Now we're nominating the director of that." Like somehow it adds some like you know, speaking about film about classicism, that's sort of their kind of like hoity-toity uh, yes. thing going on there. So that's mm -hmm. sort of why I feel like they selected this movie. I actually didn't dislike it as much as you did Jackie but I like this director Ruben Ostlund uh, but I also feel like uh, lately what I feel like there's a lot of movies lately like dunking on the rich but I feel like nothing comes of it and also when it's coming from like a privileged you know this again I'm a white man talking but privileged white man telling us that rich people are awful it, it's kind of like okay but Oh, We've been saying right. this for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm for, sort of apparently just getting on board now. 
<laughs> it took me a while. Um, but so he did this movie um, a few years back. And also out of his last three movies, two of them have won the Cannes Film Festival, the the, Palme, the mm. coveted Palme d'Or, like the snootiest award you can win in film, um, which was <laughs> The Square and, and this movie Triangle of Sadness as well. Um, but his um, kind of the first movie that got him on the scene is this movie called, uh, I'm probably killing this pronunciation, but Force Majeure. And that was kind of like a cool idea. Like it's this family going on a ski trip and um, there's an avalanche and they're all kind of like eating lunch as this avalanche is happening at this like hoity-toity um, resort. And the husband runs away from his family, uh, like to kind of protect himself. He's not worrying about his wife or his kids. And so everyone survives in the out. Uh, similar to this, it's almost like a black comedy, it, it uh, like an Icelandic Nordic black comedy of terms of his family just being really disappointed at him. So I, I think he has an interesting perspective um but i don't think it was about classicism before which it is with this movie and it, it it does feel a little you know um he was married to a um i guess they have been divorced since then he was married to a, a fashion um photographer and i guess that he was really exposed to the fashion industry through this relationship and this is sort of his movie the triangle of sadness dealing with that and he was uh saying that like just because he wanted to kind of examine uh like models literally that's kind of our main characters even though it eventually becomes an ensemble um in, in sort of the classicism revolving around that so I, I, there's some pieces that are great but like you both said it's it's you know they, they could have c consolidated <laughs> so yeah i'm, yeah, I'm I, with you like this could go <laughs> yeah i thought if i enjoyed it uh i like the kind of absurd black comedy i think i've compared it previously to like Christopher Guest movies, which I absolutely love. This wasn't quite there, but I like things that uh, poke at that. It. Oh, what about like the, so, Woody, the? Oh, sorry, Micah. Go ahead. I would just with which I think we've all reiterated here with so many movies that are nominated this year. This could have been ninety minutes. It did not need to be two and a half hours. And I think that if it was condensed to ninety minutes, the satire would have hit better because. We might have selected that. Like, I don't know that I need, even though it's where we got this hilarious triangle of sadness piece from, like that entire sequence at the beginning, I what did that have to do with any of the movie? And like... <laughs> I'm kind of also the freaking, the, the vomiting. What are we doing? Like, out, yeah, yeah. like stuff now? Because like, that's what I was getting. I was like, Getting White Lotus vibes because this. Oh my God. I was going to call this like... White Lotus season three. I'm so glad. Yes! yes, it is. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, that's another show I need to watch. Oh, mm. I haven't seen it. Do you know? But like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do I? Like, yes, you no, know, I would definitely want to hear your opinions about that because I was just. Mm -hmm. There were some scenes in there. I was like, why? Um, And so that's why I was saying with this one, I was like, why do I? Why? And it went on. That scene went on way too long. Right, like it was just yes. growing up, and I was just like I, like I was almost like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this podcast because. No. <laughs> oh my god! If you if you like vetoed this podcast, that would have been so cool. <laughs> be like I'm like, not attending days? this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so I feel like, you know, like the first 20 minutes of the menu when we're meeting the horrible people, uh, this feels like that for two and a half hours. Because the, the menu yes. before things get awesome and, yeah. and, and come up and happen, I was like, I'm feeling real cringy about this. It, But then like it becomes a movie. This feels like that for two and a half hours. And also yes. the scene 
with Woody Harrelson, um, which it was funny having him here. Um, yes. You know, he's Always. he's like clearly like ranting about, you know, the problems of the world. And I, I kind of got whiffs of like the Leonardo DiCaprio screaming at the camera scene and don't look up where it's just like, oh. you know, it, it's it's a little yes. like like. We yeah. all know this. Like, how you you're not like cool by pointing this out. Like, right? This, this whole thing is is messed up. Like, <laughs> what what about it? You know what I mean? Like, say something about that. Don't just say the right. obvious. So, yeah. okay, I I I feel uh, cleansed by this conversation. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be of assistance. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, yeah. so I think we really talked that out of my what, system. What, anyway. Yes. Which what should we talk about next? We get we got Triangle of Sadness out of the way and and uh, that director. We want to talk about uh, Tar. Yes. Yeah, let's talk about yes, Tar. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So since I <laughs> since I changed the subject, I will I will start. Um. No. Okay. So this one actually uh, threw me for a loop because because I'm like sitting there watching and of course like I so I'm a huge classical nerd okay so I'm, I'm i'm in my element i listen to scores i'm you know she's you know she is this composer who who wants to like step above like the whole like being a female composer and you know one of the, the few that's you know succeeded in everything like that it's like just her like just trying to go after this thing so that i really appreciated that scene in the classroom with the student though like i was like I, like I was just rolling my eyes at this because I was just like, I mean, he's not wrong, but also like, I I don't know. I don't know what goes on in like musical classrooms, especially when you're talking about like paying homage to composers who of course were problematic. Um, right. Yeah, there was that whole thing, but I just, you're going through this and you're like the entire time, I'm like wondering, did she actually like do this thing that they were accusing her of? Like it was kind of that same thing. It's like, I mean, not, not for nothing, but you know, we have all of these stories coming out, you know, of course, like within the light of like the, the Me Too movement and everything, we have all these things coming out about these famous men. And then here's this woman who's being dragged, right? Like through social media, mm -hmm. everything like that and the court of public opinion and all that. Um, and like, she's this well-respected, Composer, she's she's worked, you know, her butt off to get where she is, and then she gets accused, and then you're like, okay, ma'am, now listen, we love, we we love a a composer queen, right? I love it. However, did you really do this thing? So like, it's it's like, it's looking at that, and it's very different. And I actually liked that about the film. Um, that ending, which I won't spoil it here. Oh my god, that ending. Oh yeah! Like laughing hysterically. Like, I was like, "Yo!" <laughs> like when you realize where she is, you're like, "Oh my god, this." Is yeah, yeah. So my yeah. So I was watching that movie one day. Like uh, I forget. It was in the afternoon, and Sarah had come home from school, and she like walked into that part and was like, "What is happening right now?" And I'm like, "Ah, it's too much to tell you." <laughs> it, it, I so. Much. This one, man, I, again, Todd Field is, I mentioned before, he's three for three on movies with Oscar nominations. Like, mm -hmm. he, the man is clearly very talented and knows what he's doing. What's amazing mm -hmm. to me about this movie, and, you know, where I tip my hat to him, is that I went into this movie and 
and I know this is like a common thing that people say, but it was definitely true for me that like, well, I thought this was a biopic of an, of a real person. Because oh, uh, it felt like going in, it felt like a biopic. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I, you know, I don't really know a ton about classical mu- music, especially when she's like meeting with like actual composers and yeah. stuff, and you know, yeah. has the interview with what is the NPR at the beginning? Yeah, like, I, I mean, it all. It's like this yeah. is this is real, yeah. and then I did not expect it to actually be closer to like Black Swan. Like there's mm-hmm. part, which is a movie that I love. Yeah. So I was wow, that really threw me that like it morphed into this. And I just thought that was man, that is a fantastic job. The field ride. can pull you into this and just feel like you are watching this real story. I yeah. my only complaints about it, and it has nothing to do with the movie itself. So I try to not hold it against him, is that like I hate the people that are like, look, this is taking on cancel culture and uh, i hate that kind of discussion so you know there's part of it where i think i could get a little jaded thinking like was field like putting into this and like look cancel culture is stupid and i'm like no that's the idiot view around it so i try to separate those two because i don't think that's what the movie is about and i don't even think that's what he was going for here but i hate it that the discussion happens because then i it's hard to view i and i want to watch it again it was as I said, I was not prepared for what this movie was. And yeah. it was, man, it, it really floored me. And you're right by the end. You're like, holy cow, this is not where I saw this movie going. So, man, that was that was fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of struck by it. And um, I, it's weird because I, I think when we think, or at least when I think of director, I, I, I mean, it's different to me than, than writer-director. And this yeah. year we have multiple writer-directors yeah. being nominated for directors. So this is Todd Field's story. I guess his previous two films, In the Bedroom and Little Children, were both films he adapted from from literature, from books. Mm-hmm. Um, this is his own first kind of like original, you know, screenplay coming from his head. Um, so it, it's interesting, again, like, you know, he came up with this story. And, and again, like you were saying, Mike, like it, it's, it's a bummer to fact you know filter it through cancel culture or at least that conversation right i don't i just don't i gotta read more about what his agenda was though like i kind of want to know i just i'm just kind of hung up on that stuff even though i shouldn't be and the filmmaking again like we're talking about directing like is is astonishing kind of the balls of that opening where it's like i don't know like like and like you said this might have what been confused me as well mike that that like just Q and A that you're watching in front of an audience feels so authentic and and Kay mm-hmm. is just killing it. I I just love the ball. It's it's what, twenty minutes, maybe more, maybe not. Like it felt a, like a long time, but also at the same time, I'm like, okay, I am so on board with whatever this guy's gonna do next. From from a director's kind of like ballsy standpoint, I mm-hmm. I just love that that kind of you know initial uh, thing. It's just I I guess I have issues more with the plotting uh, potentially. Again, I don't. I just felt weird that like we're getting a female director and obviously we're going to, uh, you know, why, why are we going to put, obviously not the word I want to use. We're going to put her through the ringer of being canceled. Like, I don't know. It felt, felt like a weird choice to me, but I, that's mm. my own weirdness. So I'm right, going to put that right. aside. The qualities there. I, I love kind of like the, he, he's very much a classicist. And I, I think we're going to get back to everywhere, everything, everywhere all at once with, with right. the two Daniels, um, and uh, they describe themselves as maximalist, which I adore. Um, but Todd feels very feels much like a minimalist in terms mm-hmm. of his, and and I I kind of have a appreciation for that as well. So um, 
I very much in awe of this movie. I definitely need to see it again. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, there's there's definite quality here. Good work. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> he's gonna listen. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, a fun aside, he played the piano player in Eyes Wide Shut. Like he he's been a kind of um, he's been in in movies. Um, really, he's the one that gives Tom Cruise the Fidelio uh, secret word to get into Tom Cruise oh. world in Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, also fun aside for another fun fact for him that I thought was really weird and random, but he and I forget who the other guy was created the very first batch of big league chew. What? So he is the like co-inventor of big league chew, but it was like somebody else that sold it to Wrigley and made a ton of money in that. But yeah, that is a fun fact, sir. You've just made, it might be the ultimate fun. Yes. So yeah, he also, you know, started life making Big League Chew. Uh, yeah, random. So, yeah, he was good. Um, how about the our veteran statesman in here, Mr. Spielberg and the Fablemans? I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I'll say the interesting notes I read, and it's, man, it has to be difficult. Um to make a movie about yourself and especially when you're someone like Spielberg and this I believe this is like one of the first it's the first movie I believe right Jay, that he was ever that he's been nominated for a writing credit as well and maybe one of the only ones that he's written um, out of the movies that he's directed um, so clearly it's a very personal story and I thought it was interesting hearing the some of the stories from the the actors on set who said that like oh he'd frequently like break down in tears because he's like reliving his life so it almost i mean you know spielberg is spielberg but it's tough like how do you judge someone giving us the story of their own life that is well, supposedly semi-autobiographical but then it sounded like from listening to like Seth Rogen and other people like Spielberg basically said everything that happened in this movie actually happened to him. So, well, that's what I mean. It seems very, uh, that's what I mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's not what I, I haven't said anything, yet. but it feels like a, I looked at the budget. It's $40 million. So this is a $40 million therapy session for, for this man. <laughs> and um, you know, you feel it at, but, I, there's something fascinating about that. I don't know if he needs to, you know, win best director, or even be nominated. But from from that standpoint of, uh, you know, lack of better term, privilege, like it's it's pretty fascinating. Like I don't know if anyone's ever been able to, you know, work through their issues with for forty million dollars, unless you like see a therapist for like just decades. go to therapy. Just go right, to right. Therapy. You'll get there eventually, right? <laughs> I guess in terms of a Spielberg movie, forty million dollars is like uh... on the low end, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Like this is this is like indie budget that. for Steve. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. What do you think, Jackie? I mean, it's like it's <laughs> it's clear direction. I mean, the, the man is directing his own story, as 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 we've all pointed out, and it just it almost just seems unfit. Like if he won. For this, I'm like, well, that I don't feel like that's fair. Like, that's, first of all, he's a Hollywood veteran. So that's number one, right? Number two is like, again, it's your own story. So not to say that it wasn't a fascinating story, because it definitely was. Um, I did enjoy the Fablemans, but like, <laughs> like, I just, it, 
it doesn't seem right. Like, I don't know. And I have nothing against, I have nothing against people sharing their own stories. And we've seen that throughout all of, you know, Hollywood and everything like that. I just, again, it just doesn't seem fair. Yeah. It's weird. Like, you know, could almost think because of his, you know, massive success. Like, I mean, he is like, almost like the grandfather of modern cinema at this point it would have been interesting if if not that he would do this maybe he shouldn't do this but like it could have been interesting if he was like hey you know you know like i don't you know if he got nominated he did get nominated but said like you know i've done i've got my awards i'm good you know let somebody else do it but but like you know not that he'd have to turn it down but he at least say something like you know let let's think about you know all the you know potentially female i know females have won the past two years in terms of the best director award, but it, this feels like one step forward, two steps back this year. For I me. mean, I mean, out of how many years that the Oscars have been going on? Right, I mean, right, exactly. I think they've had three ever win uh, females ever win this award, so at least give them a nomination. Like that would have been interesting for him to say. But at the same time, like to criticize the machine, he is the machine. So it's like, uh, you know, I, I, he might be too far, far gone to to help in, yeah. in terms of this. Like I'm not trying to. I, I mean, one of the reasons I love movies is this guy. So I'm, I'm not trying to say like, you know, I, to belittle him, but at the same time, it's, it's like, you know, his, he, he got, he, his reward was his, you know, psychological growth and closure. I think the big change from this movie is um, he didn't know at the time that his father was like doing this, uh, letting his mother go for altruistic reasons. I guess he was saying mm-hmm. that like he held a grudge for his father, even the, the documentary uh, Spielberg, he goes into in, in detail about this. And that's one of the reasons why I love Close Encounters of the Third Kind so much, not that we have to deal with that movie right now, but uh, the ending is pretty hardcore anti-fatherhood. And But that's why I love it because it's so baffling that this this man that's created our, our kind of cinematic fiction uh, universe for us is, is so anti-dad. And he's been mm-hmm. working through that for what 50 years now or something so um, right. yeah I, I even think I, I lost my point but yes no i'm just saying that like uh, yeah i don't i think <laughs> there's but there's better places to spend our money this oscar season he, he got his growth through his own personal psychological yeah feelings. let's let's and, let's award others and i will probably thank you jason i will i will probably reiterate this for you know all the podcasts we or all the episodes we do in this podcast um, but the Oscars, um, while people will argue, sit up there and sit up here and argue, like, do you really need like another award ceremony and stuff like that? Part of why I buy so much for the Oscars is because these lesser known directors, cinematographers, makeup artists, hairstylists, all these people that are a part of the crew and the directors, like if you are not that well known. But you get nominated, even the shorts, you get nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Most likely those movies, if they're not if they're not in theaters, are coming back to the theaters. And then it's giving yeah. a chance for your movie to now make more money. Um, yeah. It wasn't already making money before. And then now people know who you are and they're going to follow your work. Um, right. and you follow it. So it's like, it's, it's, it's an up for like those people who have more, like, less of a less of a footprint i guess right. like in the film industry and everything so the fact that like all these veterans are like constantly getting nomination only just speaks to again the the systemic a little bit yeah. like a little bit to the systemic you know issue that we have you know in yep. hollywood okay this is why i go on my 
maybe hire someone else other than Timothy Chalamet rant. Um, <laughs> I like that rant. Can I another time, but like every now and then, I'm like on Twitter. I'm like, there are other actors, guys. But um, <laughs> speaking of, did oh I? Do either of you know that the Apple commercial that he did that was funny, Shalla Baby? He he got paid some ridiculous amount for that. Of course he did. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah, Apple. Of course. They're gonna pay you. Like it's the like he's. I enjoyed his performance in The King. Um, I yeah, that's all I'm gonna say for right now. Um, <laughs> like there there are other actors. There are actors out here struggling. Um, just like there's other, yeah. there's directors, again, cinematographers, editors, writers, all of these people who work on the crew, um, yep. who are not getting the recognition that they need in there. They are putting their heart, soul, sweat, tears into this work. So yep. Give them a yes. Bilberg I'm excited for our, our snub conversation towards the end of, of this so we can highlight some of those people. Yes. I mean, I'm with you both. I, I, I also really enjoyed the Fablemans but it's definitely very self-indulgent and what other director is getting to do this like no no one. to do this film no one yeah. you know and there's part of me that almost feels like oh we're used to spielberg with the giant blockbusters so hey look i can do a deeply personal movie too okay well it, again it was good i liked it a lot and we'll talk we're not going to have a shortage of opportunities to talk about that movie I, and, and i'm like, totally with you jackie like i want to see show me somebody new like who else is out there um and again all these directors well arguably what we i guess i need to see more of ruben aslan's other movies but we've yeah, had that should. discussion yeah um, no but micah before we jump i just want to, in closing uh you did say that the fablemans is is a nice reprieve from a lot of these other heavy uh you know duty pictures that we're dealing with this year in the oscars which we usually do so i will say that that is kind of like a nice yes. like break from, from from a lot of these other nominees that yes that that is nice um i, I mean it's good it's spielberg how do you right i just assume at this point when he signs uh to do a movie that they've already like penciled in the academy award nomination so. it seems like it right <laughs> if he makes a movie he's gonna get the uh, let's uh I feel like I want to jump back to Martin McDonough before we oh, sure, talk about sure. the Daniels because that's yeah. that is the movie. Um, uh, Martin McDonough again, as I mentioned, he, uh, which again I think is really interesting that he won an Oscar for live action short uh, way mm -hmm. back before all hit. Which I don't, I've never seen that short six shooter. Now I want to find it. Um, yeah. But also did the wonderful in Bruges, which. Yes. Was a, another Jason oh, yells at me movie. because I had never seen it. Uh, so good, and I finally so saw it, and I love it, and it's absolutely charming and wonderful and gut wrenching. Right. Um, right. And also Dark. three billboards, which I really enjoyed, and it's funny because I think, well, uh, one in that it's not a Colin and um, Brendan Gleeson buddy film, but, mm -hmm. but also the setting is very. It's hard to remember, like, oh, that's him too. Uh, yeah. which I really like that because that movie features one of my like top three maybe character actors Sam Rockwell uh, He's a, it is a buddy uh, movie between him and uh, Sam Rockwell it, and well the, my only though, com so. my only complaint with the movie is that spoiler alert if you haven't seen three billboards uh 
which I don't know. It's been out how many years, whatever. But spoiler right. alert, the movie right. ends with a murder road trip. That just felt <laughs> weird that I'm like, oh, this is how we're ending this. Okay. Um, yeah. But up to that, I really enjoyed it. Again, Sam Rockwell is someone that if if I see he's in a movie, I will just go see the movie because. And he did know, win the Oscar for that one. Right. Yeah. And I mean, he started his career with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. So I don't know how oh you God. could start any better than that. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. But I, I like Martin McDonough. Uh, his movies are always fantastic. As I mentioned before, I really enjoy movies that feel like plays because I just love the the way that stories are told in a theater style. So I, I really enjoy that. I thought this was done really well. Um, you know, we'll talk, we've already talked about some of the actors. We'll talk about more in the next one. I, I just love how it was put together, even details. Like, uh, I was reading that, like he purposefully set, um, Brendan Gleeson's character's home in like a craggy Rocky part of the, of the Island, but then Colin Farrell's on the like smooth farmland and how yeah. like even just the way that they like interact with that was showing their difference in personality and like it just was a master class in how you compose and get a point get across who these characters are and what the conflict is and like even throwing in the like the allegory or all the stuff with like the irish civil war whether it's mm-hmm. like this is an allegory for that or that is an allegory for this yeah. like all that just it fits together so well i freaking love that i thought it was uh, man, it it was good. It felt like Irish Shakespearean drama that ends up being pretty friggin' dark. Oh yeah, yeah. I think um. So even though you said obviously uh he comes from a a you know background of of stage you know he's you know writing for the stage he's you know moved into to movies um this didn't obviously it it feels like in theory like okay, so this could be a play, but it, it feels very cinematic. I don't want to like yes. downplay that. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, there, yeah. there's, I, I hate sometimes with movies where it's like, oh, I, I feel like they just filmed this play. Um, right. I, Cause I'm like, well, I would just should go watch the play then. Like this definitely feels cinematic. And I think he needs sure. to, and again, reason why he should be nominated. I, I'm fine with this nomination and, and happy for it because he, he does elevate it from the stage to and it wasn't based on one of his stage plays. It was his own, like, oh, I'm going to make this a movie. So just mentioning that. And then um, the other thing I wanted to mention was what I really like about it is it, it kind of feels like an old, you know, Irish folk tale or or kind of fable. Like, I, I really like yes. that about it. Like, there's, there's a certain... I don't know whether we're talking about rhythm or setting that secluded setting that works so well for the film. Like it just really feels like, and again, it's subtle. I would say it's more minimalist than maximalist, um, which is my term of the day. Um, (laughs) But I I just, it was like so well done and so well staged. And and again, he is another one where he's writing and directing, which I I think needs to be mentioned because I kind of sort of miss, and I know Spielberg did uh, write, co-write the fable mass with Tony Kushner, but um, fable mans that sounds wrong um <laughs> i, I kind of miss like a director only like i almost want a cr- uh, category of the oscars for writer director but anyway so i'm mm-hmm. again i'm yeah. on this weird side tangent i'm gonna stop now uh jackie go ahead i i just <laughs> wanted to say those are the few things i wanted to mention about this movie I think, honestly i think i think y'all said all um that <laughs> needed to be said um <laughs> I mean, 
from my friend, well, one of my closest friends, um, her father is um, an immigrant from Ireland. And so he was like, he was the same one who, like when we were talking about Belfast earlier, he's the one I thought of because she she sat down and watched this movie with him and he was just in tears because he was like, no, this is exactly how it was. Um, That's awesome. Like when I was like watching this film and I'm talking about like, she, she talks about like how... How like when you're there in Ireland, you want to you want to leave Ireland because there's nothing there, but it's so beautiful. So like when you leave, you miss it terribly. You like there's this whole thing, and like how this how again the sister is like trying to get out because there's literally nothing for her there. And so, and I'm like, yeah, like you live in this very small community, and you know everyone, and it and the only person right that you feel connected to, you know, other than family, right, is is not just all of a sudden not talking to you anymore. So it just like speaks to that loneliness. And I think like, like centering the story on that and like in the midst of this like vast and beautiful land, I think was just, I think, I think for lack of a better term, I think it's poetic. And and I really enjoyed that. Plus like the twist with the fingers. I did not see that. <laughs> yeah, that, that elevates like, the genre, which I'm always a huge fan of. Yeah. So I was like, wait, what? And so- <laughs> like that was yeah that was that was insane but the thing is is like the movies the movies that I really enjoy are the ones that are like imprinted like in in your mind like you're thinking about it for hours days weeks afterwards yes. what was mm-hmm. the motivation behind like this character doing this um and so like Banshees was one of them and so I think again like Martin McDonough did a fantastic job um, with the direction so We'll we'll see how it how it measures against. I think I, again, I do think everything in the world is going to get it. But yeah, I would not I would not mind if that that got it. But I'm really rooting for everything in the world. Of I think we we talked about this a little last week, but I it's going to be one of those years where like whatever movie starts winning, it's just going to win everything. It, mm. I think so. So like depending yeah. on if like you know maybe Brendan Gleeson takes supporting or Colin Farrell takes. Um, you know, best actor, like then I feel like Banshees would have the steam to to mm. beat everything ever all at once. So we'll we'll see. I like you though, I wouldn't be mad. And I also wanted to quickly mention because we're talking about directing tonight. Um yeah. acting like like directing actors is a thing. And I, I think he has a real mm-hmm. gift because like anytime like Colin Farrell's in one of his movies, which is often we didn't even talk about a uh, seven psychopaths, which he directed right oh, after Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, which is a fun one, but he always gets a really interesting performance out of Colin Farrell. But I guess we'll talk about that when we get to actors. Um, But I I just wanted to call that like like his his actors either get nominated or or at least give a memorable performance. So um, that is another plus for him. Maybe it's his work on the stage where, uh, you know, he probably got to spend a lot of time in rehearsals working with actors to kind of really make an impression when they get on screen. Yeah, I just the one thing I will add uh, to connect to or feed off of uh, Jackie talking about some of the like <laughs> cultural connectivity with this movie. I joked with people, but I think it's absolutely true that uh, why this felt like the like quintessential Irish movie is because if there's one thing that us Irish are fantastic at, I know it's not drinking. Thank you. St. Patrick's day for celebrating our worst <laughs> stereotypes. Now the thing that uh, we are spectacular at is being stubborn as hell and this movie i like this is the most irish thing ever (laughs) that you would be stubborn to this level and 
I won't get into it too much because again, we'll talk about this movie a lot. And uh, but I just thought this is this is so Irish that like yes, this is exactly the the kind of you know, and I see just in myself and my children the like ridiculous stubborn levels, and you could argue that a large part of Irish history at its root is due to us being super super stubborn. Um, <laughs> to give some levity to a really heavy movie, um, but yeah, we can't not talk about and i don't know how it doesn't win the daniels and everything Mm. everywhere all at once for me i'll just say this is definitely my pick too because this is such a i can't think of a movie that i've ever seen that's like this that one i think justin and i don't know like if this is what i'm going to say here is more director or like editing uh feel free to Mm. correct my non-understanding of the or you know nuances of the differences in those roles but how you put together this film with so many different universes and worlds and craft uh a consistent narrative through them even through all these different lenses that the universe gives you and just build like you are developing mm-hmm. characters that for many of them are totally different characters in each world, mm-hmm. but yet you're still developing a character. It just how you put that together, the vision in crafting this, creating this, like, you know, we'll talk about this too with the writing, like, how did you write this? But then it, how do you take that story and understand, I am going to now put this concept into a film that you can follow and you will connect with but you do it's so freaking good and like i just don't know how like this to me i don't know how it doesn't win everything <laughs> because, so i mean yeah yeah I, Sorry, we I, say, I and i don't know the daniels i didn't know them before this i am very interested to see anything else they've done because this is freaking phenomenal and swiss, uh, army. swiss army man and a ton of music videos <laughs> yes go ahead swiss army man was a trip um Yes. Okay. So you hit the nail right on the head, Mike. Um, like, okay. Uh, again, another one of my like soapbox moments. Um, when just when talking about films and everything, because you know, obviously, I wouldn't be here if I didn't love movies. Um, <laughs> it wasn't my life. Um, but, like, everyone who works on a on a on a on a film is a filmmaker in their own right. So yes, we yeah. were talking about the vision. And like to see, you know, from first scene to the ending scene, that's the director. But then it's also the director sitting with the editor and the editor is also making suggestions as to like, okay, what fits where. You also have to like, uh, the, the the composer, right? Is like helping us like, like on top of the actors, like helping us feel certain emotions, certain things, um, you know, empathy, you know, for characters and everything like that um uh understanding you know especially when you're talking about the relationship between uh mother and daughter like that is powerful and then to also put on top of all of that like all of these different multiverses number one didn't have wasn't there like one correct me if I'm wrong this is like one editor right it was like I believe so a good question yes one editor on this entire thing which is just give that person yes one editor Paul like give them a raise give them all of the awards because holy crap but like yes it though so some of that Mike, that definitely overlaps when you're talking about a sure. vision for something 
you are most likely largely talking about the director, but it's also the editor. It's sure. also the editor. And they're having, between the editor and the director, they're having so many different conversations, right? And like really good directors know what it's going to, not only do they know what it's going to be from beginning to end, unless of course you're Martin McDonough and you're just writing like I think as you go because holy crap like I was watching an interview with him um with um the roundtable interview on Hollywood Reporter definitely go find it um okay and he's talking about just like writing as he goes and the rest of the directors were like wait hold on (laughs) like what how how um but but when you're when you're when you good directors like I said like know what direction they want to take if you haven't already if you don't already know like from beginning to end what the story is, you definitely know where you want to go with it. But then good directors also bring in an editor early on. They also bring in the cinematographer early on because then they want to establish, okay, this is the vision. And if it's something that the editor or the cinematographer sees where there might be something that doesn't quite click, that's why they're there as well. So like Mm -hmm. a director, especially, you know, given the people that we're talking about tonight, like, know how to not only to to have a vision right to to, to have a vision number one but then also how to bring people in and collaborate right because again everyone who's involved in in their own right on a film is a filmmaker right right yeah that's what you're talking about yeah Ooh, excellent that's yeah this is really helpful jackie (laughs) yeah definitely i would just quickly say for me i i'm right with you too i this is the clear winner. Like, uh, let's, let's be honest. These two, these two gentlemen, like, oh my God. for me, like in terms of cinema, like I, it should be like a baton pass. Like let's go to the, the next level, you know, uh, in terms of let's just, this is going to be like, I'm, I'm sharing too much right now, but I did watch this movie uh, for a second time with my mom and she was really struggling with it. And, and I think mm-hmm. that's important. Like, I feel like this is not a movie for people that are 60 or 70. And, but I like that. <laughs> and, and maybe that is not like, maybe I'm being ages right now. And, and that's rude of me, but <laughs> I, I just almost feel like because it is dealing with, with multiverse and um, I, I think that's kind of a, a hot thing right now. I, I was reading an interview with, with the Daniels and they were saying that when into the, cause they were, thinking about this movie for years um they were saying when into the spider-verse came out they were super bummed because they're like someone beat us to it but they they sort of um another thing they did was stop watching rick and morty because that show deals a lot with this as well but anyway (laughs) that's an aside again like so like i just feel like there's just certain concepts that are hot right now that are that are more of a and i'm not young so i can't say like a young people's game but it just feels like this is like not that it's the next level, but it feels like a, a logical next step for directing in terms of what they're doing here. I mean, it is just so busy, but it's so like in terms of the emotional through line, it's so clear. Like as yeah, much as definitely. it is chaotic and there's rocks and there's raccoonie and which is like my favorite chaos, star though. tribute ever. Yep. Um, it, that that emotional through line, they, they they never they never lose track of the characters. That's right. so yep. clear. It's so emotional that that when it hits at the end, like. I don't think I've been that worked up in, in a movie this year in mm. terms of the, the mother daughter relationship, um, the, the father relationship with the family, like, like this, you know, like this hit me the way the Fablemans hit Steven Spielberg. Like I was just so moved <laughs> and so happy with it. So th- th- this is, you know, th- there's not a second place in terms of like this, these two men are doing something really special and way different than anybody else. And again, writer directors versus just a director. Right, right. 
This okay. I was like, they got nominated for best original, right? Yes, mm-hmm. correct. Unless I had wondered, I wanted to make sure it didn't fall into uh, one of the weird loopholes that adapted. Mm-hmm. Tends to pull movies into. We'll get into that when we get to the writing section. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so yeah. I, I think we're all on the same page here. Is there mm-hmm. any way, like, is there any other direction they could possibly go here? I mean, like, like a banshee sweep is the only thing I could see happening. Yeah. I. Which is not a right. What a question! Like that's not the craziest thing that would have ever happened. Yeah. Sure. Like, or they could get Warren. Like I don't know, like the Green Book winning best. But again, I won't go there. <laughs> or Warren, right, Warren Beatty right. uh, announcing the the wrong movie. Like they could get him up there and <laughs> and, and, and not give it to Moonlight. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't. I I could see if they decided uh, Banshees is the only other one. Like I don't know. It, yeah. The surprising like, what are you doing? Thing the Oscars would do is give it to Spielberg. Yeah, that would that be would the be, ultimate self indulgent. Yeah. But again, I love the movie. It was great. I mean, it was fantastic. Me too. Yeah. It would be on uh, brand for was, Hollywood. I mean, it was good. But that's it, true. Like, yeah. it doesn't need to win this. It wouldn't be it's that right. big of a surprise. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that's our. We'll see. Are you going to shame us, Oscars? And go again. Which is not a knock against Fableman. It's. I loved it's it. A, it. It doesn't need an Oscar. Anyway, yes. Yeah. <laughs> What? All right. So we've talked about kind of our picks here and what we like about these movies. What are the snubs? What What would you like to see nominated? What do you think should have nominated? Uh, and ideally something that is not a middle-aged man. <laughs> it's, I guess the Daniels are kind of like bordering that. They're 34, 35. And well, Spielberg's 76. So I guess he's kind of, he's not yeah, really no, age, but... like... yeah, He's grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is true. Yeah. yeah, who else? Who's our snubs? Jackie, you go first. Uh, why are you volunteering me to? Okay, then I will go first. You want me to? Do you want it to? You? I'll take it back. I just try to be polite, but I I, I have my my stuff going. <laughs> no, I get it, but it's just, I just think it's funny. Like after everyone, you're like Jackie, want to? I know. I just I just feel like I, I don't know. I, 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 it's I'm not gonna, all good. <laughs> We're all selfless here. That's, that's fun, I'm trying to be. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, and I and I applaud you, Jason. Um, <laughs> I don't need. Um, and so, <laughs> okay, let's see. So I think I mentioned it earlier, but again, because I just feel like it was done a disservice. Um, the Woman King. Um, and I was Gina Prince Bythewood. Um, yes. she not only did she just. Her and Viola Davis, and then their um produce and then the producer as well, Sue. I can't remember her last name. Um, but uh seriously, the amount of work that not only that was put into that, but I mean, and it does have like it you can argue that it does have some like of the same like formulaic things that you would expect from a from a movie of that nature. Um, but at the same time, there's there's clear direction. Um, the way in which like the actors are not only just like playing off of each other, like you just see that they're playing off of each other's energy, um, you know, and again, also too, this has to do with the writing as well as the, the, the talent of the actors, which is why it's like, it's not all direction, right? You know, because it's coming from everyone, right? Mm-hmm. But like, right. there's clear direction. You can feel, especially if you've watched um, other, like other films of hers, um 
you can definitely tell like her direction style and everything like where where she was really felt um in those scenes she just she's just amazing again also nope just gonna keep saying it you know throughout the entire um podcast um jordan peele has been proving himself again and again and again that this comedic actor can like be like give us drama give us horror um it's incredible timing um and again i think and it feels like when I was watching it, because I've been watching it, um, I've I can't count how many times that I've watched this film. Um, it's getting insane. Um, the, the number of times, <laughs> but you can tell it's one of those films that you can tell. Not only were they having a great time on set, but Jordan just let them go because like these yeah. are incredible actors that you're working with, and even like the newcomer, um, who who played um. <laughs> like the guy who comes in and stalls the camera and everything like that. Yes, the oh, best yes. guy. Um, the character's name. Um, he did a phenomenal job, and of course you have Stephen Yun and you have David Kaluuya, you have Kiki Palmer, just like this incredible cast of people, incredible, incredible cast of characters. And it's one of those movies you look and you go, you know what? Jordan just let them do their thing. Like, and, and and it's in the, like, kind of like the holding back that you see, you still see a lot of Jordan's um, direction in this. Um, mm. And it's just, it's just incredible. Um, so those would have been, those are my snubs. I haven't seen Till, so I can't really speak to that. I but see that I've seen I've other, see I've read other things. Yeah. I've read other things that had said that that was a snub as well. Um, and having watched an interview um that that sable that same um i can't talk anymore that same table talk that i was talking about before uh from hollywood reporter where it was like a round table of directors um the director of till was there as well as jordan peele and they were all talking about um you know their their process and everything and i'm just surprised because she seemed like i mean to have number one is really hard to do um movies of that nature especially when we were talking about again we were talking about black trauma we were talking about history we were talking about um especially when you're talking about a young boy being lynched it's the story of Emmett Till for all of those who don't know um but she made the decision not to because so many too many too many movies do this where they'll show the actual incident she chose to because she said there will no not be black violence this is going to be a celebration of his life and Maybe, maybe that's not, maybe to some people, that's not, you know, that, that's not a cause for like winning an Oscar or at least getting a nomination. But to me, with so many other movies doing it and as a director myself to make that decision, I think speaks volumes, takes so much, so many guts um, because no, because otherwise we get all these other movies that are, pro- are profiting off of black trauma and in those movies. Yep. They're showing the actual incident happening as if as as if we're not already seeing it day to day. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's mine. That's my team. Yeah. I'll quickly uh also uh go on and say I'm right with you with uh Gina Prince. Is it Bl- Bythewood? Thank you. Bythewood. I've heard I've seen Bythewood. Someone said by the wood, and I was like, <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I was like, fun. bro, um <laughs> <laughs> So like I've kind of loved her since Love and Basketball that came out yeah. like 20 years ago. Um, yeah. She she like somehow like like there needs to be something 
about this like she's had a career in spite of women directors not being able to have a career like secret life of bees beyond the lights mm-hmm. came out of i guess that was several years ago i, right. I just <laughs> i've been following her like the old guard which was was pretty rad but i, I that was kind of my least favorite of her stuff mm-hmm. even though i know a lot of people love that movie but i mean I, there there needs to be like for oscars for me it's not only obviously the movie but in terms of like celebrating not that it has to be like a, you know, like a recognition of your career, but that alone, but on top of that, the woman King is just awesome. Like in terms of, you know, it's obviously has stuff going on, but, but it's, it's, you know, in terms of the Oscars doing their, like, like, again, let's go back to triangle sadness. Like that's almost what you expect. Like this classicist stoic Nordic, like, you know what I mean? This is not that it's, there's Mm. so much like, blood and 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 like high like pulse rate going on on top of whatever else is doing like i can't say enough about her and and i i just i'm excited what she does next and she she gotta get some recognition at some point she's like i I just love her so much and also quickly i wanted to mention um uh ryan coogler because i mean he had an impossible task i mean he he literally had to make the next black panther movie without his star and i I don't want to get emotional and obviously marvel doesn't need a lot of love because they are movies right now but i mean how how did he do this make a movie without a star deliver on that and and just kind of keep his whole team on board like keep on you're Mm. getting angela bassett you know an oscar nomination and you know it just I can't imagine what he had to do to to push this through because obviously he was good friends. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, you know what is so sad? I, I call him Black Panther. <laughs> I <laughs> know Chadwick Boseman's name, and yeah. I do, but I, I just like I just can't imagine the trauma that that entire crew. Because you were mentioning earlier, the movie's not just one person; it's a crew. Mm-hmm. It, it's everyone in front of the camera, behind the camera, and yeah. they a lot of those people he brought over from the first movie and were in love with Chadwick. So. I, there needs to be some type of recognition for for what he muscled to to get that through and i will i will follow coogler anywhere because of creed yeah. um that was like yes. i couldn't believe what he did with the rocky legacy and honor it but also kind of take it somewhere completely different and fresh with michael b jordan so um i Fruitville i station to, shout out Fruitville yeah. station oh that too God. yes oh, yeah, absolutely yes. yeah yeah so i just wanted to shout out coogler because i i freaking love him <laughs> mike who do you got agreed Agreed. I I agree with with all that. Um, man, I love no woman king as I talked about before is friggin' awesome. Um, side note, I wish I had seen it before uh, when we did the supporting actor because I believe Jackie, you had mentioned. Um, oh, I'm gonna get her name wrong. Um, Thuso. Oh, Tuso. Im- Tuso. Tuso Imbido. Yeah. Yes, as a nominee. So she, yeah, she was fantastic. I also mm-hmm. loved Lashana Lynch as Izogi. Oh. She was so good. So she good. stole every scene. She every she scene. Fantastic. I'm like, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that movie. I thought it was cool that we got a historic epic that also was like an action movie. Yeah. And I mean, so for much. two guys here that do a martial arts podcast, I'm watching this on like, I, wa- I want to know more about how they choreographed the fights. I want to know, I'm- like, there's How that one scene that? where it's like it's 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 like broad daylight and they're fighting and there are those two things that she's like whipping around and they're making like this noise. Yes. Like shout out to the sound editors and the sound. Right, which, how did that? Yeah. Oh my god! I'm like I'm like and I'm in the theater going, 
Like I need to know, I need to learn what that is. Like uh, what can I, can, you know? <laughs> right. And I'm right. still teaching that because seriously, and I don't know what I would use it for, but just to say that I know how to do it. I don't know. But it was just so. It was so good. Like whoever did again the fight choreography. Oh my god, that needs to yes. be on the popcorn and punches. Yes, and you should yeah, we come will join us to that. talk about it. Yes, yes. <laughs> I know nothing uh, yeah. about fighting, but yes, it was great. <laughs> Fighting is just one aspect of those That's movies just that the, we the, love talking the about. Starting point for where we go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, to the other, just one other, I'll give that I feel would only be uh, proper to nominate is if you could nominate two movies at the same time. I would love one of my favorite directors in my beloved horror genre. I would love to see Ty West nominated. Oh. He delivered two movies uh, connected to each other, X and Pearl in 2022. And they are significantly different in terms of style. Uh, You know, one of them, X captures this like 1970s grody, like grindhouse horror style. (laughs) And then somehow impossibly Pearl does this, delivers on this glossy, like, golden age, silver screen, gone with the wind type style, but it's horror. Mm -hmm. And it's wild that he gave us both of these movies and they're done so well that he brings out, you know, talking about an actor's director, like, uh, you know, Mia Goth delivers these fantastic performances. She has this in Pearl, this like 15 minute monologue that is insane that I love. It reminded me of um, Steve McQueen did uh, got that similar type of monologue out of another one of my favorites, Michael Fassbender in Hunger, talking about another mm-hmm. Irish movie. Like two movies where there's like a solid good chunk of this movie that's looking at one character delivering a monologue and it's gripping and fantastic. And so, yeah, I would have loved to seen Ty West. Uh, again, I think it, especially the the work there is phenomenal when you compare the two movies. One that they both came out last year and that they're related to each other and feel related, but yet they're also, man, they are just dramatically, dramatically different in how they're mm-hmm. presented. That and that's some crazy range. So I love Ty West. He's another like director. I'll see anything he comes out with. So I would give Ty that shout. Um, all right, I think so. Yeah, we've got our we've got our nominee. We're all on board the everything everywhere all at once train. Uh, we're hoping they don't go crazy and <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And everybody needs to get out and see woman King. Nope. If you haven't again, give Jordan Peele his respect it's on yes. Peacock right now. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. You can see that and then go over to Paramount plus and make sure you watch devotion uh, because that was also awesome. There's a lot of good movies. And maybe by the time you're listening to this woman King will be on Netflix. So if you haven't seen it, there you go. Stop wasting no. your time. Go see these good movies with these fantastic directors that aren't all middle-aged men. <laughs> we have other movies that we could see. Uh, all right. Uh, I think any final thoughts on directing from either of you or these directors? Or I'm happy uh, with what we've said. I'm good. Yes. yes. We've got a lot of good stuff here. Awesome. Well, we'll be back again soon with even more fun um you want to find us on the socials uh starting with us uh jason and i are on punches and popcorn 
That's our, as we talked about, that's our martial arts movie podcast. We talk about a wide range of martial arts movies. We're uh, on every podcast app you could find. And our socials are at punches in popcorn with an N like guns and roses. <laughs> and, uh, and again, we've done an episode previously with Jackie here on the raid. Please go see that movie. If you have not and listen to our episode, Jackie is delivering gold as always. Uh, Jackie, where can our, our listeners here find you and uh, the projects you're involved with? Absolutely. So as I mentioned earlier uh, in the podcast, so I am a filmmaker. I am the uh, co-founder, director, and producer for Our Voices Project, which is a production company based here in Rochester um, that shares the stories and experiences of Black, Brown, and Indigenous people. Um, we have a podcast that's called Representation in Cinema, where we talk about Black, Brown, Indigenous representation and how we are portrayed in movies. Um, you can go find that at ourvoicesproject.com slash podcast. We are also on every um, podcast platform um, that you can mention. Um, and yeah, we, uh, like I, I think I said this last podcast, um, working on our most recent episode where we talked about Latino representation um, and the influence of Edward James almost. So I'm Ooh, yes. sharing that episode as well. Nice. Nice. I'm very excited. To, I'm very <laughs> excited to hear that. That's yeah. awesome. Well, yeah. check those out. Get out, watch movies, go to your local independent theater. For those of us in Rochester here, make sure you go see stuff at the Little because they have a uh, you know, wonderful theater experience and, of course, the legendary Little Popcorn. So go see movies, go watch them, appreciate them, enjoy them, and uh, check out our other shows and keep listening. Have a good night, everybody.